Welcome to Charlie's Toolbox, the only podcast that teaches you how to be the main character in your life. Here, you can find all the tools and skills you need to decenter men, center yourself, and feel good about your life. Here's your host, researcher, observer, and marketer, Charlie Taylor. Hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of Charlie's Toolbox. Today, we are going to discuss what it looks like when you decenter men. So I decided to make this episode because I realized that you all basically understand what decentering men is theoretically, but tangibly, you kind of are maybe confused about the steps, you know, maybe confused about the examples because those examples are either rarely there or rarely ever discussed. So I think this episode would be great to describe some tangible shifts that you will see in your life once you start to decenter men. But as usual, before we get into the main topic, let's talk about what's going on in my world and the song of the week. And finally, the main topic. So the first thing I want to talk about is my friendships. Now, I discussed this on Twitter and I told my audience that I am going to bring this discussion to my podcast. So some of you may already know that I think friendships are one of my most sacred relationships. I think that that's where I have learned love. Love, they keep me sane. They keep me loved. They teach me how to love. And I'm always grateful for these relationships that I have. So this particular story, it involves a good girlfriend of mine. And last week we were celebrating a, just celebrating her because she presented her photography for the first time. And it was just a really great and momentous day. And while we were chatting, a guy came up to us to talk. And I really don't know if it was insecurity. I'm not sure what it was, but he just didn't feel like he was in control of the conversation. So to gain some sense of power, he basically made a joke at my friend's expense. Now he did this thinking I would laugh with him and that would somehow get me on his side and that would divide us and kind of take away the power that we had over him which we didn't try to exert any power. We were just existing, but he felt like we were. So long story short, I didn't like that he tried to make a a joke at my friend's expense. I kind of took it personally because I just like, what the fuck do you think this is? I don't like, I don't like when people do stuff like that. And I was blatantly not on his side. So that move basically made me dig my heels in more and make this conversation as awkward and as dead as possible. I wanted to dead the energy so that he can go and get out of our space. Not only did you come over here uninvited, but you came over here uninvited and you were trying to exert power over us and we were minding our business. And once you realized that you couldn't do that, you tried to divide us and make me be on your side while you're trying to demean my friend. It just didn't make sense. I didn't like it. So I did everything in my mic to make this conversation awkward. And afterwards, after he left, 
me and my friend, we chatted about it. And it really made me think about how men do this regularly. They do this a lot. They go into a group of friends and show favoritism to one girl in hopes to, you know, they, they may like the girl, you know, that may be a reason why they're showing favoritism, but sometimes, and I've seen this a lot, they'll do this just to control the room. They'll try to split and divide these friendships and use male attention as a bait so that they can control what's going on. They can control the conversation. They can control the energy within this friend group. And I don't like that. I don't like that men do this. And I especially don't like that women fall for it because I have seen many, many, many of women fall for the bait, lean in, joke, laugh at the joke that is at the expense of their friends, add on to that joke because they are so enamored by male attention that they will do anything, almost anything to get that attention and to get favor from them. And what I think about this type of like friendship I know that deep down, men know, they understand this. They know that they could use their attention to ruin a friendship, to ruin a friend group. They know that you would, you can and would sell your friend out. And you would rather side with a stranger because of the possibility of romance with him over keeping your friend safe. And, and keeping them filled with love and making them feel like they're secure and they're strong and encouraging them. They know that you would push your friend off the cliff for their attention. And they use that to their, to their strategy. They use that. And I hate that this is something, a strategy that works on many women. I hate that some women will sell out their friend for dick. I hate that they will laugh at the joke. I hate that they will lean into demeaning their girlfriends for a man to say, oh, okay, she's cool. But on the flip side of that, what I like about my friendships and women that I have met who have these type of friendships, we know that we know this. We see it. We see how it operates. We feel it immediately once someone comes into our group and try to shift the dynamics. And because of that we become a stronger team our bond becomes more airtight we know that deep down I know that deep down my friend my friends they're principal people and they won't take that bait and they're going to actually take offense to that because why would you think that this is how this is going to go why would you think that you have enough charm looks money, anything to believe that you can break a friendship up. You, a stranger, can break a friendship up or can create some type of division amongst this friendship by just being present. I don't like that men know this. I don't like that men do it. And I do not like that women allow it. And if you are 
good girlfriends with your girlfriend, you need to do everything in your might to protect each other. Especially when you go out, because I see it the most when you're going out for drinks or you're going out for dancing. You need you need to make sure that your friends are protected, that their feelings are considered, that no man, no stranger at that would think that they could ever be comfortable enough to ever demean your friend. And so that's what I mean by my friendships are sacred. I do a lot to protect them. I do a lot to ensure that my friends are cared for, are loved in each and every environment that we go to. And that's why I think it's sacred. And I know that they do the same for me. I know that they cover me like I cover them. So if you are a girl who does you know, lean into men when they're trying to divide friends at in in those social moments, be better. Be better. And if you're a man who is doing this to pat himself on the back, be ego driven, stop doing that, but you probably won't won't. So I don't really have any faith in you. But women, guard your friends. So let's move on to the song of the week. The song of the week is by Glorilla featuring Cardi B tomorrow too. I like this song a lot. I like Glorilla because she is a deep voice girl like myself. She's from the South. She just gives me an energy that I used to feel growing up in Georgia in the 90s, in the 2000s. And for some reason, I've missed that from music. I don't know exactly what it is, but it doesn't have that energy. And I feel like this song has that energy. It is an energy like a, I want to fight, but I'm not going to fight. I just, I'm feeling energetic. I don't know why, but I love this song. I love the beat. I love the lyrics. And I'm really, really, really rooting for for Glorilla. I know she's from Memphis. And because she's from the South, I just really want to support her. But she's just good. I really like her. She's just a good artist. And she's going to bring something new. I don't know what it is, but I feel very excited by her presence in the hip-hop industry. So... You probably already listened to that song. I don't have to tell you to go listen to it. But if you want to listen to it, go listen to it. All right. Now to the meat of the episode. Okay. We're going to get into the meat. Today we're going to discuss the moment you realize that you are actively practicing decentering men. I want to show what this looks like. So I mentioned this before earlier that theoretically we all know what it means we know we know what decentering men men means but practice is always different from theory because there's going to be moments where you fall into your own childhood wounds and it may lead you another direction you may be hype like super enamored by someone and it may lead you in a different direction or it may not align with decentering men. And there's always these moments, even I go through it, where you have to check in, check yourself, and go back to what you know is your truth. 
So when you are decentering men and you are going through these landmines and you are experiencing this, you know, you your childhood trauma is like, hey, I'm here and I see that you are trying to do this healthily and I want to throw you off. You have to do certain things. You have to ground yourself. You have to do certain things like reminding yourself that part of decentering men Part of that practice, the biggest part of that practice is being absolutely comfortable in your skin. That is what decentering men looks like, is being absolutely comfortable in your skin. Let, let me tell you what that means. That means accepting the parts of you that you think are challenging or not likable or the parts of you that you mask when you accept that those parts those parts that you hide the parts that you don't like you master yourself and you leave no room for anyone to use it to control you so I'll give an example let's say you are are afraid of being unlikable People may figure that out, that thing that you are trying to hide. They will figure that out and purposely withhold liking you to try to control you. They may use this frivolous thing such as like something that you can't even weigh, something that you cannot see. Something that you only practice like. And they will withhold it. To make you do things that you don't want to do, to do things that they want you to do, or to betray your principles. And when you decenter men, like I said, it is a two-part process. It is taking men out of the center of your universe and replacing them with you. And the only way to put yourself in the center of your own universe is to accept yourself fully. Accept who you are. Love who you are. There is nothing wrong with you. There is no, you you are neither good nor bad. You are a human who is complex. And there is going to be someone, there are going to be many people who love that complex person. When you center yourself, you make everything around you spin around you. You aren't moving. You aren't changing for the periphery. You are staying at the center and people, places, and things, they move around you. They move around you. You are the sun. They are the solar system. They are the earth the Mars, the Saturn, those things are moving around you, but you are staying centered and grounded in yourself. So if or whenever you find yourself thinking of ways to make someone, a date, a person, a coworker, see the value in you, you have to stop it. You got to dead it. You have already... You already have value because you said so. 
And you need to remind yourself all the time, your, your word is final. Your word is final. Decentering men, what does it look like? It looks like restructuring your life. In the past, you began from the outside in. If you want to feel good, you go outside and you wait for compliments and then you felt good. You did certain things. You went to certain schools, chose certain careers, partners, because it is what you were supposed to do. And it looked good. You desired to look good in front of people by meeting some societal marks. And in that quest to do that, you forgot that the purpose of this life is to find, explore, and embody joy. And the only way to do that is to be you and to work from the inside out. Okay? That means asking yourself, Throughout the day. Do I like this? And. It is not to. It. it, it, When you ask yourself. You like. Do I like this? You want to like it. Because you like it. Not because others do. Not because. It's what you're supposed to do. Not because. This is what you pictured. Liking when you were a child. Because sometimes. Those things change. Ask yourself, truly, do I like this? Do I like this? Do I like this? Do I like this morning? Do I like my job? Do I like how I'm operating through life? Do I like my friends? It's about inside out. And if the answer is no, you start trial and erroring. Try something else. Try something different. Find out what your your opinion is of this thing give yourself that information and if it's a good opinion keep it if it's a bad opinion okay store that in your knowledge bank you're not going to do that again if the answer is no be accountable to yourself by scrapping it and I want to This is something that I really want you guys to understand. This is part of the tangible, the actionable steps. Say, for instance, you have a date and you like him, but you know that he is not meeting your criteria, your standards that you outline for yourself. And you outline those standards and you outline those boundaries because you knew it would keep you safe. It would keep you loved and would keep you cared for. But you like this guy. You, you like him. But he has some really bad flaws, some big red flags. But you like this guy. You enjoy his company. You can scrap it and you can grieve. You can be sad about having to let this guy go. You can be sad about it. You can grieve. You can say, you know what? I did actually like him, but 
He has a lot of things going on right now and it is not complimentary to my life and he has not fixed himself. So that's something that he's going to have to do. And when you understand that, you can grieve. You can grieve. It's okay. It's okay that this person who you liked isn't good for you. It's okay. And you do this action because you promised yourself that your life was yours. And unfortunately, whatever that is, that date, that person, that friend, that career, whatever that, that thing is, it didn't add to your highest self or good. And unfortunately, you have to let it go, you have to put it, push it to the side. But while you're doing that, you can grieve. It's okay to grieve. You don't have to be hardened. You do not have to be hardened. You don't, you, if that's not who you are, if you are an emotional person and needs, you need two to three weeks to feel sad about this, go for it. The key is to just continue doing right by yourself. What does decentering men looks like, look like? It looks like finding pleasure. Deciding on what you want your body to feel like. And bypassing all of the rules you placed on you, your body, your mind, your spirit, because good girls do blank. Good girls don't do that. Or by being and doing X, Y, Z, you are showing God you are ready for a man. That's not how to live life. To live life, oh, if if I just be good, I'm going to be rewarded. That's not how you live life. And it doesn't work. And that is not what life does. Life does not reward you for following societal rules. It doesn't. So take back your pleasure and do things pleasurable because you truly want to experience it. And... Let me say this by pleasure. It can mean anything. It can mean food, sex, self-love, self-care, like massages, nails, a facial, wearing that tight thing you've been wanting to wear or wearing that loose thing that you love. That is more your style, but you bypassed it because you wanted male attention. That's not what men, men are not going to look at you. So you bypass that, but when you put it on, you feel great or not going to that place you hated, but went anyway, because you wanted to be around the men there. That's like, that's not finding pleasure. You're going to a place you hate. Go to some place that you love. It can also look like yoga, a quick run. It can look like being lazy all fucking day. The point is to let you lead you. And the reason why a lot of these points start with you is because when you are in tune with yourself, when you have mastered yourself, decentering men is not hard. It's not hard to do because you are prioritizing yourself in every way, shape, and form. Decentering men, what does it look like? It looks like seeking out your fucking goals. And this is a big one. 
This is a big one because there are so many girls that I know or have met who have not done something because they are waiting on a man to experience it with. Like, do you know how many times I heard women say they are not going to buy a house because they want to wait to do it with a partner? Girl, if you got the money and you want a house, do it. Or they try not to be ambitious and get the things they want because they're waiting for some man to fall out the sky and buy it for them. Now, I don't condemn waiting not waiting. I don't condemn wanting presence, but I do condemn holding off on the things you truly want because you are hoping that some man with a lot of money is going to do it for you. That ain't disentering, man. That's stopping your ambition. That's not reaching for your goals. That's withholding things that you want from yourself. You are doing all these things in the name of some imaginary man with some imaginary money who's going to gift you this in the future. That is not decentering men. Decentering men, it looks like deep down knowing that men aren't solutions to your dreams. Men are great. They are lovely to have around. It's lovely to have a witness to your life. They can help you with children, but they aren't solution to things like unhappiness or boredom or sadness or anger or chaos. They won't solve that. That's your job. And once you realize that those things, those feelings that you want to feel about life, is your job this will help you see men for what they are and it will create create a lot of clarity for you and when i say you need to see men for what they are they like i said they are great companions when it's the right one but they will not give you sustaining happiness. They will give you temporary happiness. But that sustaining happiness that you want, that's your, that's the work that you got to do. The boredom that you constantly feel, that's the work you got to do. Make your life fun. The sadness that you feel, look, a man is not going to help you feel better if you're sad or anger, angry or in chaos. They can exasperate it, exacerbate it. But, you know, being full on solutions to these problems, they are not. So you can understand when you know that men aren't solutions to your dreams. You date knowing that men aren't trivial but at the same time, they aren't that big of a deal. They aren't that instrumental to your life as you once thought. They are not the missing piece, puzzle piece to your happy. They are not the piece to your dream, to your hope. 
they are only a friendship who you do life with. So take those steps. Take that knowledge. And continue to decenter men. Continue to decenter men. Continue to remind yourself that the way to decenter men is by 100% ruthlessly, selfishly prioritizing you, putting boundaries up, saying no, meaning it, not feeling guilty about that no. That is what decentering men is taking all of that power that you gave to some imaginary man and giving it back to yourself. So on that note, you all take care. Bye. For show notes, be sure to check out charliestoolbox.com. Follow Charlie on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Charlie's Toolbox. Thanks again for listening to Charlie's Toolbox.